as I W the Twilight Zone reviews brought to you by the voices in your head. Kill them all. Kill them. Phoenix West, the Twilight Zone episode review show. Hello, citizens. I forgot to turn on the microphone right there. That was real weird. Uh, guys, welcome to LAW. There's always on review. I'm Phoenix West. Today's episode is 133, Mr. Beavis. Debut June 30th, 1960. Not that it fucking matters. So, guys, this one opens up with a weird eyeball-looking thing. I didn't know what where they're going with with that. I, I you, The other ones, they show a little you know clip show of things going by and creepy things, and you get the little weird little eye. I mean, there's an eye involved, and there's a stair or the the uh, the door. I can't speak right now. You got the door. You got you know Rod talking, and then but this one's just like freeze frame on this eye, and it kind of kind of zooms in on it, and you're just like, what are we looking at here? I think they're going for a creepy vibe. I don't know. It's really weird, and I feel like it relates more to the next episode about the mannequins than this one. So anyway, this one opens up, and it's James B W Beavis. I really. In a weird way, I kind of envy guys that have two middle names and do the initials with it because it's it's like a, it's aristocratic a little bit. It's like guys that use a Esquire at the end of their name. I don't feel like I've, I've never known anybody that does that, and I I don't know anybody who's really fancy. So I therefore the two are the same to me, right? That's how that works. I never met never met anybody with magic that could do magic for real. So therefore they're they're magic also. I'm using deductive reasoning here. It just makes sense. So, James B.W. Beavis. He's basically the original Adam, or not Adam Sandler, um, Jim Carrey. Even, like, more so than Jimmy Stewart was. Like, Jimmy Stewart was pretty much the original Jim Carrey. But this guy is just full-on, like, zany. Jimmy Stewart wasn't zany. He was just kind of lanky, and he had the same movements as uh, Jim Carrey. But he's a, this guy's flat-out just Jim Carrey. Like, 1960 Jim Carrey. It's fucking weird. So Rod's like, he's into some weird shit, this this guy, this weirdo. He's into stuffed animals, zither music, professional football, Charles Dickens, mooseheads, carnivals, dogs, children, and young ladies. And I was like, this guy sounds like a real fucking creepy pervert. If you're into like, because they show mooseheads? Okay, let's, let's start right there, I guess. Uh, no, let's go, through the, let's go through the list in order. Okay, stuffed animals. Um, he's a grown man. He's in his 30s. Um, I have a couple stuffed animals, but they're from like TV shows and shit. And the New York Giants bear I have and like stuff that people have given me. I don't know if I've ever bought. I did buy the Eeyore I have in the office. That's about it. And that's more, it's for the office. It's not for me. It's, it's for, I don't know. I have this decoration going around the room and stuff like that. But I don't, I would never be like, I collect stuffed animals. That's, that's uh, real creepy. And kids like stuffed animals, and you're going to notice something here. Um, zither music. I was going to look up what zither music was. I think I'm gonna, when I'm done with this show, I'm going to pause it, and then I'm going to come back and, and explain what zither music is, because they mention it a fucking lot. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I kept thinking they were saying Zephyr, or, and then I realized it was Z-I-T-H-E-R. I'm going to look it up. Again, I'm going to put a little note here at the end so I don't forget. Um, then the next thing, professional football. And that just sounds weird to single out back then. or sing, to, It feels weird now to single that out because that's just literally everybody. 
I mean, I just took a drink out of my New York Giants coffee mug or coffee thing, whatever you want to call it. The point is, everybody loves football. So it must have been a little weird back then. It was before the Super Bowl. I know apparently it was not a cool thing to like being do, or it made you quirky if you're into it. Now it's just humans, American humans are just into football. Charles Dickens, I don't see why that's neither here nor there, unless he's really into it, you know. I don't really see a problem with that. Whatever. Moving on. Mooseheads, this is where the list takes a sharp turn. Because mooseheads by itself is one thing, but mooseheads mixed with stuffed animals. The next thing is carnivals, which are for children also. Um, dogs, which can be used to grab children. Um, you know, come pet my dog, that sort of thing. And then the next thing is just flat-out children. And then not not women, not not uh, professional-type women. Um, he says young ladies. And that's just a step too far for me. I would never say I'm in the young ladies. This guy's too old to say he's in the young ladies. You know who's in the young ladies? Young men. Young boys. You have to say boys, I think. Because um, it would be young women if it was young men. I don't know. The point is, uh, Mooseheads is really creepy with all the stuffed animals because he does have a stuffed squirrel later on on his desk. And who's in the fucking Mooseheads? That's a goddamn weird thing to be into. The carnivals, the children, the dog, the stuffed animals. The You kind of get it. They're cultivating this uh, sexual pervert here for children. And I... I they don't really focus on that. And they keep saying he's an accident prone. And he just describes this guy as a real fucking weirdo. And, uh, okay, that's that's fine if that's where we're going from. So let's see what happens to him. Okay. So Orson Bean is Mr. Beavis, the, the actor. He's the... If, if you've ever seen Bean John Malkovich, he plays the boss, the weird boss that shows John Cusack around. It's that actor. He's still alive. I like that guy a lot. He... He goes down a banister on you know on his butt, because that's the kind of guy he is, you know. And he slides down, and he's like, Whoop! when he gets to the bottom, he falls off the stairs, rolls down him. His landlord hates him. He grabs a football from those kids and throws it with both hands, like both like to, from the side, like he's never held or thrown a thing in his life. It's very strange. And I was like, oh, I think he's retarded. I think that's what's happening here. He's not quirky. He's just flat, flat out retarded. He's in the children things because he's mentally a child still in his 30s. So let's cut this guy some slack here, right? Are we just going to let this slide? Or are we going to keep making fun of him some more? And then it, the, the, the rest of the first half of the episode is this setting up the enormous amounts of turds that are landing on him. Because um, he, he goes over to his car after he throws a football and there's a parking ticket. And then he does his whistle thing, and these fucking slave kids come out of nowhere. I think they're the ones playing football, and start shev- you know, pushing his car so it will start. He's got like a 27 rhythm maker or something. I don't write it down. I'm just going off memory here. I watched it last night at like 2 in the morning. But these the, the slave kids have to push his fucking car every morning, which is, you know, a job. If you, do, if, you just, if you do anything every morning for somebody else, that's a fucking job. It really is. I don't care how if it's only 30 seconds and kids like to run anyway. That's a job. And he pays them by throwing a football effeminately with both hands. I guess, I guess that's how it works. And he probably also pays them in uh, you know, buried, repressed memories that he, of things he does to them that they'll remember when they're 45 and I don't know, probably do it to their own kids. I don't know. This, this is a really dark tale I'm spinning here. 
So, Mr. Beavis, is, you know, he's late to work. His, his Mr. Peckinpah is all mad, his boss. Um, he sees his desk and there's like stuff, there's like a stuffed squirrel. There's a bunch of weird shit on the desk you can't really make out. But then they cut to a close-up, an insert shot of this super ra- racist-looking um, ceramic black lady. And her eyes are moving around. And it's like, ding, 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 making weird noises. And I was like, oh, God, it just looks super racist. And I, I think it would look fine in color. But when you go black and white with these old-timey things like this, it just comes across as just black, like actually black. And when you say, see things... Like when white people did blackface back in the day, they literally would put black shoe shoe polish on their face. They didn't they didn't go brown like people actually are. Like black people are actually brown. They would literally go black, and it came across. Obviously, it's racist anyway, but it came across as like super ultra racist, especially in black and white film. They could have done some nuance with the color, but they went flat out jet black. They went uh, hot topic uh, girl behind the counter's hair black. They they went way too far with it. Anyway, the uh, one thing I noticed was I like to a game I like to play when I watch this show is guess who's alive and who's dead because it's like, you know, 90% dead. And obviously, it's filmed in 1960 and they uh they use older actors in the show. They if they use someone because they're young, it was because they were really young and they're playing a kid. And but even a kid that, you know, if you're 10 in 1960, that means you're 70 now almost. Or 60-something. You're in your 60s, is my point. Um, so it's you also could be dead. It's just this weird, sad thing where you got to go, oh, they're probably dead. When I, when I watched it growing up, a lot of these actors were still alive because that was 30 years ago or, you know, 20-some years ago. But now it's just like, oh, they're dead. Oh, they're definitely dead. So I was like, oh, Mr. Peckinpah, his boss, who is elderly then. He's elderly here. In, as his boss, he looks like an old man. And I was like, oh, he's, well, I wonder when he died, like 1970. And I'm like, oh, nope. He he died in like 2000-something, I forget, 2007 or something, which means he lived another 47 years. This guy, this old guy here, lived another 47 years as an old man. That is insanity. That This guy is the fucking Highlander. I think Christopher Lambert found him and finally took him out. And just, there can be only one, okay? There can be only one. So Mr. Peckinpah has been stopped. The office that uh, Mr. Beavis works in is, you know, there's a lot of people, secretaries are all typing into it. I don't really know what they do. He walks in, he starts, you know, he's friendly with everybody. And his, you know, they tell him his boss wanted to go in his office he goes to the door, and all of a sudden the, type, the typewriter stop all at once. It's this great, it's this great sound where they just go, and just nothing. And then he goes in the office, and they all proceed to listen to the entire conversation, so much so that when he walks out, this guy brings him a box, and then he's like, thank you. And you know, he starts emptying his desk. He's like, this is my sixth job this year. Ah, what am I going to do? Ah, God damn. He goes outside with the box. This is where I got a little confused because they can't show the thing they want to show. So what you end up watching is an actor going, whoa, with his face and like a zoom in and like zany music. And I was like, what are we, what's going on? Who the fuck? What? What's happening? I don't know. Because they can't show the car, what the car does. What happened was 
In the moment, all we know, they show a little bit more later, but in the moment, all you know is that his car just drives down the street on its own and flips over, and it's just, like, dripping liquid and shit. And this cop's just like, was this yours? He's like, yeah, I guess I'll get a tow truck. He's like, all right. You ever have just one of those days? I don't know. This cop is just dead inside. And I was like, what the fuck happened to his car? It just, like, shot across the street. Like, they had parking brakes back then, and I know his car was old, but it went, like, 80 and flipped over. Like, a car that's going... If your car takes off, like, this kind of car is very wide set. If it takes off down the road and it goes half of a block, it's not going to pick up enough speed to, like, spin over on its side and, like, and just, like, crash into shit. It's just... Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But they do explain it later. Anyway, the... He gets he gets home and he sees some a box outside full of like you know stuffed animals because he's a fucking weirdo. He's like it's not stuffed animals but like uh, taxidermy shit and horns, weird shit sticking out of the box. He's like, hmm, that looks familiar. And he starts to go up the stairs and he's like, hey, my landlord. He's like, hey, and she's like carrying his own shit out there. They cross on the stairs and he's like, she's like, six weeks is too much to be laid on. You knew this was happening. And there's, there's this this classic boxes on the stairs scene. Where his landlord flat out tells him he's being evicted, and, and he's just like, "Huh, well, is that what all those boxes were for?" And he just can't figure it out. Again, I think the man might be retarded, and I feel bad for him. Oh man, this this guy just gets shit on, and he has no idea what's happening in his life. So he's evicted. He doesn't have a job anymore. He goes to the bar. Obviously, that's the next step in in this scenario. And he starts drinking. He's talking with the bartender. The bartender is actually getting along with him. Most of the bartenders in the show are assholes. Or they're either like super friendly, like to the point where they're like the one episode where the guy was just smashing shit where he time traveled. And the guy's like, uh, do you mind paying for that, buddy? Like, because I, I, I don't want to. Can, can you pick that up? Because you did shatter it like a uh, fucking E Honda. Can you, can you uh, fix that, buddy? Like, ooh, that'd be great. And this guy's just like, yep, I'm a, you're a drunk. That's great. And the guy that was for, um, what was that fucking guy's name a couple episodes ago? Joey Crown? Was that the trumpet player? Um, yeah, that, that bartender was great, too. He just um, Joey Crown wants to sit around and just fantasize about his bartender. It's fucking weird. Anyway, he's getting shots. He looks in the mirror, and he sees this guy wave at him. He turns around, and there's nobody there. And at this point, this is when I was thinking of Joey Crown from a passage for trumpet. A passage from trumpet? I don't know what the fuck it was called. It's a it's a guy who's like in love with being an alcoholic and he needs help not being an alcoholic and this this guy needs help being a sad sack of shit because he's too much of a happy happy go lucky maybe retarded individual I don't know the point is these two guys combined would have I think if they hung out they could really bring each other back to center a little bit better you know what I mean like they could they're all they're straight too far in their own directions. I think they could really help each other out here. I don't I'm not saying they have to go out on a date. I just think they'd be good buddies. Like Beavis and ah, I feel like there's a name I could think of for Joey Crown in this scenario. Beavis and you know, Beavis and the Trumpet. Let's just go with that. I mean, I can't think of a single other name of a TV show that would that would work with Beavis in it. That's just that's weird. Moving on. So they would um, the guy in the booth that when he eventually turns around and goes and sits with him, which nobody else can see, is Jay Hardy Hempstead. And it's his guardian angel. Okay. So, and he explains that one of his ancestors, one of Beavis's ancestors, performed a great act of courage. 
and one person in each generation gets a guardian angel. I'm like, how do they decide on that? And he's like, what's well, in this scenario or in this? It's you. And then the frame on the wall is a cool little shot where it um, shows all these different the act the actor who plays Beavis that shows him in different clothes, and one of them's fucking Magellan Beavis. I'm like, what the fuck ever? You're just doing whatever you want now. It's like whenever you see a movie where they do past lives and they have to be. There had to have been someone super famous, like throughout each generation. Like, oh, then you were Lincoln. And then you were, like, why? Why were you? Like, some of the past lives always have to be of great importance every single time. Like, it's not like this time you were a rapist and got slaughtered in the streets. And then the next life, you were just a librarian and you just aged into the library and died there. And nobody ever loved you. And then the next time, you were just a guy who worked in a factory. And then, you know, you had some success with family and stuff. But other than that, not much going on there. I feel like that would be, like, my family's backstory. Like, if you went through the ages. Like, I, it's the uh, Family Guy thing. When you watch the Family Guy and they tell the story, like, here's the, the story of the Bible. And Peter has to be like, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm Peter. Like, it's just, they have to be the, the biggest person in that era. Every single time, and you have to you have to populate this world with these characters from Family Guy. And so they're just they're, they're all someone important. It's just fucking stupid. And you realize if he matches with Lois every single fucking time throughout history, they are severely inbred because it's just they're not splitting the the uh, the DNA at all. They just keep using reusing it. Anyway, the um, wow, where was I? The uh, he says it's his eleventh job in eighteen months, and he's like. Well, well, Beavis, I can start the day over. I love the actor that plays um, his guardian angel. He's like, well, we can start over and change it all. And he, so he's like, all right. And he changes Beavis' suit to like a weird one. And it looks like he's going to a funeral. And he says it looks like a, what the fuck it's called? Undertaker. And then there's this um, weird shot where they go to walk outside. And it's, I realize that why they shot it this way, because they wanted it to match. But it's like... Beavis is moving in slow motion, and the other actor just walks through the glass because the door wasn't really there. And they just superimpose this other shot on top of it of Beavis going in slow motion. And then Beavis goes to walk through the door, and he can't, and he smashes into it. And I was like, that was weird. That was the best way they could do that back then? Because It would be fine if they didn't slow down the footage of Beavis. Like It's like they didn't have a good shot of them walking at the same pace. So this is what they did. But it was very weird. It was very strange. I... It looked odd. It really catches your eye when you watch it. Anyway, Beavis wants to ride downstairs or down the stairs on the banister, but he's like, "Oh, that's the old Beavis. You can't do that anymore." Um, but then the angel sits there and stares at it like he kind of wants to. And he's like, "Yeah, we gotta go. Come on." Um, so his entire life is different, right? He goes outside. He doesn't. The, the kids don't know who he is. He he, he doesn't talk to them anymore. Um, his entire personality is different. His landlord loves him because he pays his rent on time in advance, actually. He, he doesn't get along with his coworkers anymore. He goes there. They don't know who he is, really. He drives a fucking sports car to work now, like this little racing car-looking thing. And I was like, well, this fucking guy still has the same apartment? It's weird that he would still live there. They, they did that so they could hold the suspense off on things being different. I get why they did it in, as far as story terms go, but why would he still live there? Why would he still... He's successful now, and he makes money, and he has a nice car. <laughs> like, he's got his shit together. 
and he lives in this dumpy apartment with, and surrounded by things he doesn't give a shit about in this life, like this kids. And I just don't, I don't know. So I, I think they made him not um, a mentally challenged um, child molester in this reality. And then um, he doesn't like it. Mr. Beavis doesn't like it. He's like, I want to, I want to hide some secrets you know, in the basement. So I, I want to be me again. And his angel, his guardian angel, is a real dick to him because he goes to use the current vernacular, Mr. Beavis. I don't dig you, okay? I'm used to Beavis's with gigantic dreams, you know. I'm used to ones who strive for greatness, and you're just uh, this guy who wants to hang out and do nothing. And he's like, well, that's what I am, okay. He chooses to redo the, the day over in the original way it was supposed to happen. He, he looks outside, and then his guardian angel goes, hey, look at your car. It's going to hook bumpers the way it was meant to. And when you see it overhead, he's parked between two cars, he, you know, parallel parked on the side of the road between two cars, and there's one ahead of him. And in front of that guy ahead of him, so two spaces up from Mr. Beavis, is nobody. And yet, for some reason, the guy in front of him backs up into him, like steering, turning the wheel and just backs up into him. Why was he in reverse at all? He, he had so much room ahead of him. He had the rest of the road ahead of him. He could have just driven forward in any... There's, there was literally zero reason for him to back up. He wasn't parking. He was leaving his parking space. It just made zero sense. And what happens was, is, I guess, is the bumper's hook, these two cars... And then the guy takes off, and then that's why earlier his car was going so fast, because this guy probably freaked out and hit the gas pedal because he's a shitty driver and just made the guy's car crash, which actually makes him a victim of, um, I don't know what you even want to call this, really, the crime. It's, it's something, right? It's, it's some sort of vehicular crime, I assume. You can't just do that to somebody's car. Um, yeah, the, the uh, bar he goes back to, and he's, he's drinking some more because all this shit happened again. You know, he gets fired and he gets evicted. Or he doesn't get evicted. But uh, at the bar, he's glad. He's like, I'm glad I am who I am. And he's drunk. And then, all right, this is the last scene of the show. And it's fucking amazing. Okay. He's, he's inside. He's in the bar. And he's drinking, drinking, drinking like he was earlier. And he's like, shot, 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 shot. And then he goes outside. After he leaves, and he's like, ah, I guess I'll walk home. And then, like, you hear, like, and his car appears from earlier. And he's like, you're still looking out for me, huh, Mr. Guardian Angel? You're still looking out, huh? And he's like, and he takes, like, two steps, and he sees a cop is trying to give him a ticket for parking in front of a fire hydrant. And he's like, ah, shit, what's wrong, officer? And he's like, I don't know where you're from, buddy, but where we are, we we look down upon people parking in front of fire hydrants. And then the fire hydrant disappears and then reappears in front of the cop's bike. And then it's like, ah, you guys, you parked in front of it. That's Mr. Beavis, again, just coming out of the bar. And the cop's like, oh, man. Oh, man. Do I got to give myself a ticket? Ah, fuck. This is a shitty job. I don't want to do this, but I I think I have to, you know. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite. So he doesn't say that. This is the inner dialogue I was having for him. Mr. Beavis and then is like, you're still looking out for me, huh? Thank you. And the, the guardian angel's like, yeah, no problem, buddy. <laughs> uh, good luck, Beavis. And then he gets in the fucking car and drives off in a fucking shit-faced, drunken blur in which he will probably kill 
six or seven kids when he pulls into his fucking house in front in front of his house. And I was like, how is this the ending of this show? This is so the opposite message of the Joey Crown episode where that was cleaned up and here you go. You got a new appreciation for life. And there you go, Joey. So, okay. And this one just ends with him drunkenly driving away from a police officer. I was like, what the fuck are we watching? Holy shit. So, end of episode. I'm going to take a little pause here and go listen to some zither music. I'll be right back. I hate Mr. Beavis even more right now. That was, it's music and it's fine. That was some zither music for you right there. And you know what? That's music. Again, that's fine. But I don't want to listen to that. Like, it's fine background music. It's fine if you're at a fucking Chinese restaurant. It's fine if you're on an elevator. It's fine if you're at work because you're not really paying attention to it. It's It's fine background music. But this guy actively listens to it and... Does he do it so he doesn't focus on the music while he's cutting up children? I don't know. I'm just speculating here. My point is, why would you listen to that? What's wrong with him? What's wrong with this man? Man, I am just, I am just at a loss for words here. So, guys, I'm gonna head out. And one thing before I head out, I signed up Lordy Wonderland for Satchel Podcast Listener. Go to your iPhone, your smartphone, your Galaxy S17 Firecatcher, whatever the fuck it's called, whatever it does. I don't know. Go to that fucking phone. Go to the app store, whatever the hell it's called on your phone. I don't know. I don't know the uh, other one. I've only had an Apple since smartphones came out. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a, uh, I don't like brag about that. It's just all I've had. Anyway. Go there, get Satchel Podcast Listener, and what you can do is listen to local podcasts in your area. So if you're in Phoenix, this is a local one for the city of Phoenix. You can go there. You can. They have a list of things I can read off to you right now because saying you can donate $1, $3, or $10, question mark, whatever that means. Who the fuck donates $3? That's weird. That's a weird amount. Um, don't do that. Be a human. Give five. If you're going to donate $3, give five. It's just... Kind of like, it's going, I want to donate f- money, but I don't want to give them like a respectable amount, like $5. Do it in five, ten, five or fives or zeros. If it ends in that, that's how you do it. Don't give them like a dollar seventy-two. That's just fucking weird, and you look like an insane person. Although, give that over nothing, obviously. But anyway, what you can do there is support. You can, you can donate money, and it really helps the local podcast people out, whatever they're called. This is probably why they have a, a thing that you can read. So you don't end up stumbling on your own words like this. Point is, you can donate and help us out. And I really would appreciate that if you guys would check it out. All my shows are on there. Um, so go look up those shows. And you can find those shows on com. I almost said the email. It's a problem when everything you, you have is very similar. It's either LIW Studios or Loitering Wonderland. Anyway, guys, go check out YouTube.com slash Loitering Wonderland. Go subscribe. I would appreciate it. You can check out all the shows like American Shitty Movie Showdown, Nick Cage Cast, Hack to the Future is coming out soon. Quality Zone review, like this Walking Dead review, LAW movie review, uh, the Phoenix West show. They're all fun. Go check them out. I, and in, until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. Go check out some Zither concerts, guys, because that's what humans do. And moose heads, because that doesn't make you a psychopath. Not at all. <laughs>